Welcome, change agents. I'm so glad you're here. This is Cheryl Klein, and you're listening to the Limitless Leader Podcast. Hey there, Cheryl here. It's a very special day. I'm really excited to be here with Lauren Larson Deal of, of Reputation. Lauren, thank you so much for making the time today. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say on this very important topic. Wonderful, Cheryl. I am delighted to be here. And thank you so much for just being such a great woman advocate over the years, certainly been following you. It's great to connect with you again over this topic today. So I hope you all enjoy it. Yes, I'm just from our preliminary conversations. um, I have no doubt that that's going to be the case. So before we jump in and hear some of your golden nuggets of wisdom, can you share a little bit about your journey to where you are. I mean, you're so incredibly successful, but what sparked your interest in customer success? When did that journey start? And it's a bit of a loaded question because I also want to know, did did anything go off the rails at any point or did you have any challenges where you really had to kind of pull up your bootstraps and keep going? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. The journey has always been interesting. It would be boring if it was so smooth, right? <laughs> it's never linear. I would have to start back to, you know, just as a kid in, you know, some of the things that inspired me down the journey to customer success. And really, it was, you know, with my dad uh, and my mom. And my dad was, uh, was, a, was a salesman, traveled a lot. And I was I probably in my teens and all teens are having some sorts of teen crisis at any given moment, as I still have teens. So I very well remember that. And I think that's what reminded me of some of this. And one day my dad uh, sat me down and said, sweetheart, he's like, you have a gift. And I was like, I do. Like, is it at the door? Like, is there a package? Like, would you bring me? <laughs> and he said, no, you have a gift that's that's inside you. Like, and he was trying to describe it. I'm like, what is he talking about? And next he hands over this book on emotional intelligence. And, and I was like, interesting. He's like, read it. And then we'll have a chat. And I did. I, I read it in just a few days. And it was my dad identifying with something that I had did not realize that I had naturally inside of me. And some people do just kind of born with that. Um, and then in the coaching and mentoring I do, and I'm sure, Cheryl, you've done this too, is how do we help others identify that within them, right? And give them kind of concrete steps to kind of embrace that. Um, so that was the kind of one piece. Um, on my on my mom's side, my mom worked for the New England Governor's Council um, and I would say I got my dress for success inspiration <laughs> from there. Um, where and it's not not about as much as you think dress for success means the outfit, and it may mean in the term that we use, but it's really dressing your own self. Like, what do you need to arm yourself with, or enable yourself with, or just wake up and empower yourself with, right on that journey? What do I want to do with my career? And I really aligned in customer success because I always had a deep empathy and love engaging with customers and with people. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of leads to my my kind of favorite, you know, items, which is really passion, purpose, and persistence, right? There's the things that people love to do. One of the things that I coach 
many on is, well, how do you align that with purpose? And then the almost harder, but then critical pieces, once you have your passion and purpose aligned, there's that persistence, right? And there's that, you know, strive for perfection, they say 10,000 hours, right? And you're, you're an expert. Um, but it is that persistence that because you're passionate, right, and you have a, a motivation, a purpose and goal that keeps me and I, I say that one of the things that has helped me be successful is, I will never give up. It's probably my blessing and my curse. Because <laughs> there's there are times when you should probably just give up. <laughs> and, and some of those are, are funny stories, but we might be here for a long time to go into all of them. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I want to just pause in a moment. I love when you talk about um, passion, purpose, and persistence, because and I know that. You know, talking uh, before we came live on the interview, you were talking a lot about talking to everyone on your team and finding out what is their passion. And, you know, world class performers are very in tune with their passion and their purpose. And they're remarkably persistent. And I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the bricklayers, um, but it might. It's, it's about if you, if you went up to, a, there were three bricklayers, you go up to one and one of them, you know, you ask him, what are you doing? He's like, I'm laying bricks. And then you go up to the second one and he said, um, what are you doing? And he says, I'm putting bricks down to build a church. And then you ask the third one and he said, well, what are you doing? And he said, I'm building a direct connection to God. And so I thought of you and thought of that story because if you can, and, and also in, um, to your point, uh, when when people connect in, into their purpose and what they're passionate about, they will move mountains and they will really perform beyond the standard norm. And if they have the habits and the mindset to be persistent, then you're going to have a world class bench all the way up and all the way down. So, you know, good for you for doing yeah. that. You are. Um, it's exciting. It's like and it's to have that for a startup as well. Yeah. It's like a three-legged table, right? You can have passion and purpose or passion and persistence, but you really need all three to build that solid foundation. And yeah, I spent, uh, I'm still not quite through my whole organization, but was extremely focused right from the beginning of making sure that I spent time with each individual, asking them what I can do for them in helping them get to wherever they want to be next. And the answer to that question helps me know how to either align their passion with purpose or enable them in other ways, or if they want to do something completely different, coach them in there. I firmly believe that people that are, that are wake up and feel appreciated, right? That they feel like they're making a difference. I um, mean, they can wake up and say, gosh, I love what I do. I do. I love my job. And I can tell by looking at people's eyes, do they love their job too? I mean, collectively, we're forced to be reckoned with if you can align all of that. So that's my singular mission um, upon kind of joining reputation. It's an incredible culture, much more like family. And as we iterate through every day, um, having that alignment, passion, purpose, persistence across the teams is going to prove to be invaluable. Mm -hmm. And I know that we haven't talked it yet about how to control internal churn, but what you were just talking about 
is definitely a direct relation to it because one of actually based in science, one of our human drives as human beings is to feel cared for to feel acknowledged and valued. And so um, I think that that is what you're doing is a really important component of controlling internal churn because yeah. people do feel seen, they feel valued. And then you amplify that by helping them figure out what their passion and purpose is. And so we're definitely speaking the same language, that's for sure. So it's really exciting to have that. And also too, being in a smaller company right now, that's a startup, you really have the reach to really dig in and see the magic. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it's an interesting journey after 30 years at, at Oracle. And then this is my second startup, how much I have learned but the fundamentals are really there. And how do you build successful teams? Like customer success is clearly my passion. And I had the, I guess, the honor of having 20 years of, or more. And we've been doing, or I've been doing customer success since way before it was called customer success. Mm -hmm. But that function and leveraging that emotional intelligence around being able to put yourself in your customer's shoes. And as I describe it to my teams, if you're ever questioning what you need to do next, yes, we all have a million things to do. How do I prioritize about how we're going to work through this situation? It's just kind of pick yourself up. And I'd like to create this visual. And I then see those customer shoes in front of me. And I, and next thing you know, I'm standing in them. And then I'm feeling their frustration or their joy over what just happened. Or I'm feeling that they're not clear right, that we need to probe deeper to kind of get to the kind of what are we really trying to achieve here? What is our true mission and strategy together? And it really starts as being as simple as just flipping it and putting yourself in your customer's shoes. And it creates a direct visual for folks that aren't used to using or, or kind of harnessing their emotional intelligence around situations. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to make sure that happens with, with each and every individual and it really brings me incredible joy when I can see it. I've already started to see examples of this being put into place where they're able to do this and able to look at things much more strategically now, right? The customer, whether they're engaging tactically directly from day to day, and this is a direct correlation to churn, right? Happy customers don't churn. <laughs> and how do we make customers happy, right? They see value. They felt understood that we understand their needs and we're collectively delivering them and they see a path and a journey forward with us. And so all of, you know, what I'm very passionate about in customer success, being good at that and empowering teams to be good at that is the direct correlation to internal churn. I think especially since we've been um, in our, you know, COVID lockdown for quite some time now and things, yes, are getting a, a bit better. In that period of time, the, the fundamentals around really having that, that empathy and how do we, do we focus and harness that and how do we operate more strategically, it, it's, it's really never been more important. And, and it, people would always say, you know, customer first, customer first. I really believe it's people first. You need to invest in your people in enabling and empowering them and helping them kind of harness their, their capabilities that are right there in front of them. They just don't see it sometimes. And you invest in people and then they will take care of your customers. And that's a direct and simple formula for, you know, navigating through churn. 
Yeah. And I think that is so important that you bring up and it's one, you know, in, you know, we talked a little bit before about tactical empathy and how to create that. And even without putting that coaching label on it that I put on it, you're already doing it and creating that tactical empathy and helping others, helping customers feel cared for and come up to your perspective and to choose you, but coming up on their own accord. So that is super, super powerful. And I'm on record for saying reputation is lucky to have you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm lucky to be part of the reputation family, for sure. Yeah. So let's just talk for a second in our remaining time. How is this a little different for women? Because um, the the truth of the matter is is that, um, you know, there's a lot of folks that have dedicated their entire careers to the DEI movement. But at the end of the day, how can this be different for women who are customers? Because we don't want churn in customers, right? We want to have those customers the easiest path to cash and impact, right? Or the people that already know, like, and trust you. But and so how is this a little bit different for women? And if you don't mind me, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. I'm asking permission. And is this different for women who are maybe further marginalized within our gender? Some things that we might want to take in consideration so we can be compassionate with our sisters who are further marginalized within our gender. Yes. It really is as simple as women, men, women have stronger empathy skills. I believe that more women leaders across the globe, we'd have more peace. (laughs) We can argue that all day. If we do the simple things in, in embracing that and educating and empowering on how do we identify with our own emotional intelligence it's it's something that we're just um we're really lucky to have been born with i always say play to your strong suits people right (laughs) that is one of them that we were born with uh and i wouldn't say it's 100 percent across the board but it's more so than not so play to your strong suits uh, i mean all things and that's one of them that just maybe underrated or, or underappreciated as how important that is. And it, it starts at that simple level of identifying with that emotional intelligence so you can identify with your customers, right? And then as we share with our male colleagues, right, there are some that are incredibly empathetic, right, and really can show. So some very good salespeople that do this very, very naturally. So I don't want to say that that's not possible. We just have a, a leg up there. <laughs> so I will say play to your strong suits uh, and and absolutely leverage that in, in your toolkit for success around how am I going to get to that next place? And then, of course, within women, you know, there are some groups that are just it, it, some of it you know, depends on how lucky or I always like to call luck it's it's really um a lot of hard work that creates luck (laughs) sometimes um that you think you wake up and wow that opportunity just came knocking on the door well why did that opportunity come knocking on the door right and I I guess I've been fortunate that I I do feel like it's a combination of of luck and hard work um that just creates more opportunities but we we all know from 
the various affiliations with different women's organizations that some of us were born into some luckier situations than others, right? How do we help to open doors for others? I'm a firm believer in just, you know, women promoting women. There's still not enough of us out there that will pause and take the time to promote other women. Uh, and it, it's so, so critically important. Um, I've also been very fortunate to have some great women that will always be there to, you know, help you pull up your bootstraps when you just fell off the curve into the street and you don't know what you're going to do next, right? And as incredible sounding boards for reminding each other that it's an incredibly long journey and it is not a, it is not a straight line. There's, you know, lots of hills and valleys along the way and it keeps it really interesting but also to embrace that journey and help each other embrace each other's journeys. I think the yes. older and more mature I get, the more challenges that life seems to throw at people, at individuals, myself included. And we get better at how do we navigate through them, kind of using our toolkit of things, but absolutely being supportive of each other is critically important, um, kind of no matter kind of where you are in your career. Um, and, I, I love when people just reach out to me, whether it's on LinkedIn, and I certainly hope that hope that you are seeing that you're inspired by something or want to have a conversation about something. I, as I said, I firmly believe what goes around comes around, and it really does bring me joy to help others in, in what seems pretty simple for me, but maybe life-changing for others. And I know others have done it for me, so I want to make sure it comes full circle. Yeah, 100%. And I want to shine a light on something that you were talking about. You talk a lot about um, um, really emotional intelligence. And one thing too, one reason why sometimes women lose influence um, happens to be if they sound frustrated or if they don't care or they sound angry or, or something like that. So sometimes women's greatest strength that we were talking about before we're compassionate we're intuitive we have all these inner things that kind of like your dad was talking about like the gifts that you have but sometimes our greatest strengths can be to our detriment mm -hmm. so it's important i think to think about really piggybacking on to what you said is to be aware how to be emotionally agile especially in certain situations that might make us a little bit emotionally fragile, like when we get challenged or when things don't go our way or when we're misunderstood or something like that. So um, that's, I think, important to be aware of too. Would you agree? Oh, I would absolutely agree. And I'd given you know, the example about some of our strengths are also our weaknesses and mine is my persistence. <laughs> there are clearly times when, you know, and, and not all that many, but where I'm like, yeah, I probably should have just let that go. Uh, but focus, focus. Um, and 99% of the time, it has served me very well. And, and to that place of emotional intelligence, we may be more emotional. Some women may say, oh, you know, I'm afraid to show too much emotion or break down and cry in front of my manager. I mean, certainly it's not something we want to do every day, but we are all human. And if it needs to happen, then don't block the issue but also make sure you develop that dialogue of if you're in a situation where it's uncomfortable and you're feeling vulnerable try to make sure that you're asking questions that helps so you understand and many times it's 
these scenarios happen because there is not a direct or effective communication and one side is not understanding the other. So both sides maybe get frustrated. And this happens not just work, it's just in life. Like every day this can happen. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions to probe deeper into you know, tell me more. <laughs> that was a, a phrase that came up in a session we had last week. And we kind of joke about, but it's so true. And I, you know, TMM, now I have a new acronym, tell me more. Explain yourself. What does that really mean to you? And so you can, again, empathize with them, but it also helps to release some of your frustration once you understand the situation better, no matter what it is. Yes, I agree 100%. And Lauren, thank you so much for sharing all of these, like I said, nuggets of wisdom about asking questions and to, to really be authentic and to really be able to tap into your, your passion, your purpose, and to be remarkably persistent and also not to overlook that to understand maybe when there are certain things that you shouldn't be persistent on and to pull back and focus your efforts on the things that really warrant being persistent. But those three words, passion, uh, purpose, and persistence are so very important. Thank you for sharing those. And I really hope you continue, continue, excuse me, all of your amazing success at Reputation. Wonderful. Thanks, Cheryl. I would have, if I have one moment, I'd like to share just one last piece with you. And this is something that I wrote uh, several years ago for an award that I'm receiving. And it's, it's very heartfelt to me because my kids helped me write it. And it is something that they actually helped me to uncover some of these principles about passion, purpose, and persistence. So if you don't mind, I'm just gonna take a moment and just read that. And it's about overcoming obstacles. There's no magic formula for overcoming obstacles, but I believe that passion, purpose, and persistence with a pinch of luck, and you can overcome many. I'm passionate in motivating others to overcome their obstacles, whether it's someone I mentor, my team, or my kids. The key is understanding what people love or what drives and motivates them and aligning that with purpose. Over, overcoming obstacles may sound hard. Yes, sometimes it does, but they come in all shapes and sizes. Sometimes obstacles are people. Other times they're more concrete. But the key to tipping away at them is simple. Start small think big, and never give up. And above all, believe in yourself. There's always going to be someone or something trying to stand in your way. The question to ask yourself is, do I go over it, around it, or blast right through it? So I wish everyone good luck. That is amazing. And I'm sure you're very proud of your kids. And what an amazing statement for them to help write, but also kind of a manifesto for them to live by as well. Yeah, it was really fun. Thank you again, Cheryl, for spending this time with me today. It was so nice chatting with you, as usual, and I look forward to it all. And everyone, make it a great day. Yeah, all right. Thanks so much, Lauren. I look forward to following your journey. If you've enjoyed this episode, follow or subscribe to the Limitless Leader Podcast with Cheryl Klein on whatever podcast platform you use. We'll let you know every time we release a new episode. And if you really enjoyed what you've heard so far, rate and review us too. That's one of the best ways that you can support us and make sure that this podcast keeps going. And also, I offer a significant library of free mental toughness and high performance videos, worksheets, tips, 
and other helpful content on my website at www.cherylkline.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Cheryl Klein, and I look forward to having you back next time. And remember, you're only limited by what you think is possible. Cheering you on always.